You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. All right. So as a reminder, this week, we're launching a brand new partner program here at Privy. So this entire week, I've got different partners of ours from the program coming onto the show. And today, I've got Brian Chung from Smart Sites, a longtime partner of ours. So Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ben. Excited to get here. Of course. So last time, I had Mike from Smart Sites on, and he gave us just an absolute masterclass on SEO. I remember the numbers from that episode were insane. So Brian, I hate to say it, but you've got you've got big shoes to fill. <laughs> I'm up for the challenge, Ben. Awesome. So yeah, for those that aren't familiar with Smart Sites, give us a, a refresher. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Smart Sites has been around for about 10 years now. We're a full service marketing agency offering web design, SEO, and paid media buying. Guess some of the type of brands that we work with as a whole, we work with a ton of different industries, a lot of local service, as well as e-commerce, B2B, enterprise as well. Um, in terms of myself here at Smart Sites, I primarily work with D2C brands in the luxury, food, wedding, and auto space. Awesome. And if you were to just like put the BS aside, like what is Smart Sites like really most known for? Yeah, um, I'd say via Google reviews as well as G2 and Clutch, we're really committed to our customer success and service. Um, really, it's our seller online reputation that has gotten us this far already within the past 10 years. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Just because like some agencies, you know, it's like churn and burn, like they focus on closing the client and then, you know, they're off to the next. It's awesome to hear that it's focused on the actual service side. Good. So about the episode and why I wanted you to come on. So a few weeks ago on LinkedIn, I saw that you posted a screenshot of a Shopify dashboard and you were pumped because the work that you did for that brand helped them grow sales 150% in 12 months. Like that's not normal. I think for anyone listening, they can appreciate what 150% growth is. And I think everyone would want to know, like, what, what did you actually do to help that brand grow so quickly? So Let's talk through it today. And, you know, maybe you can start by filling us in, like, who was this brand and what are they about? Yeah, definitely. So uh, this brand that I had on LinkedIn about two weeks ago, it's a brand called Coldy Holdy. They essentially sell wedding gifts for brides and things like that. Um, you know, the, like those can coolers, they're called koozies. They sell those. Custom designs, pre-printed, all the jazz there. Um, that's their main bread and butter over there. They were running on paid social and Google when we first met with them. And yeah, we kind of turned things around in a year to grow 150%. Amazing. So were they just kind of doing this stuff themselves in-house before they started with you? No. So actually, they had another agency that was managing it. A lot of agencies in the space, there's a ton of different thought processes. This agency just so happened to be very focused on customer acquisition without having like an actual funnel in mind and things like that. So we definitely wanted to, you know, implement a more robust omnichannel strategy there and try to get into the weeds of things. That's how we essentially turned things around. It wasn't a bad account when we first took it on. It just needed a little bit more TLC on that end. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get into it. So the first point that you said was that you implemented an omni-channel marketing strategy to attack the upper and lower funnel across platforms. You activated new platforms as well for the client, like Pinterest. And then you said that Pinterest actually has insane top of funnel potential. So lots to unpack here. First, like 
Talk to me about upper and lower funnel. Yeah, definitely. So the upper funnel, you know, it's very top of funnel during the research phase, predominantly on paid social too, it's a display platform. So, you know, you kind of got to like just cast your offer out there and tell them, you know, hey, we do this. This is our brand, Coldy Holty. We sell custom wedding koozies. Come with shop with us. You know, that was kind of the whole methodology that that agency had prior to coming over here. And it didn't really make too much sense. We needed more customer education on that. And we need to show real testimonials and things like that as well, as well as like actual product photos of of these actual designs that brides are buying. Um, what we did was in terms of that upper funnel, we really launched a lot of broader audiences there, just trying to tell people that, you know, here we are, we exist, we're another competitor, we're custom ink and the likes of that, those bigger commercial size brands. So that was the one first key that we needed to do on the upper funnel. Um, in terms of the lower funnel th of end of things, we did notice that like Google as a channel was directly predominantly our main revenue driver month over month. And on that end, we really needed to, you know, find a way to kind of marry the two together. That top funnel aspect from paid social marrying it to that direct response end of like paid search so through that we kind of started to test out a bunch of different creatives there we went very heavy on performance branding on the paid social side of things and you know i like to call it performance branding because you're talking about the brand you're also going after net new customer acquisition especially in this market with this client no one's having a wedding twice, or ideally you're not trying to have a wedding twice, right? So with that being said, definitely want to, you know, go after that. It was really a main focus was trying to find new brides, brides that are getting newly married or recently engaged and trying to get them into our entire funnel at the end of the day there on the paid social end. That's kind of where we pivoted into on the paid search end of things, we kind of started saying, hey, Koozie Crazy or Coldy Holdy was part of the brand there. We went ahead and predominantly advertised that name on the actual paid social end of things that ultimately funneled back into paid search on the Google end. Interesting. So going broader actually helped you in this case. Yeah, definitely. Especially with this client, a lot of it was net new customer acquisition. There wasn't a lot of returning customers. Rather, it was about one to 2% per month very low for a Shopify store, a D2C brand, of course. But, you know, with this type of brand, they were kind of going after just hitting more and more brides. People are always getting engaged. People are always getting married. They kind of had the perfect product market fit that like evolves, evolves over time as well, which is just truly insane, really good business model that they have. And then trying to expand that outwards. Now looking at it currently, you know, they're trying to, you know, sell more things within brides. They're trying to sell t-shirts, wedding apparel as well, as well as like the actual table mats and things like that to add on in terms of compliments. Yeah. Nice. So kind of, they found the wedge with this one product on, on the koozies. And now since they're kind of acquiring that customer, and they've got them at the point in time they're going broader within that customer in terms of the offerings that they can put in front of them. That's smart. Nice. So I do want to dive into Pinterest specifically. It's not something we've talked a lot about on the show, but brides, Pinterest, I got married. I remember how much my wife was using Pinterest. Like, do you think that's a viable acquisition channel? If so, also, like, what are you doing over there? Yeah, uh, so Ben, yes and no, I'd say. I'd say that Pinterest, as you mentioned about your wife, researching about a lot about her wedding, probably looking at wedding ideas, wedding event venues, and things like that. Pinterest is very top of funnel, so we needed to fuel that top of funnel aspect to really drive bottom line sales into direct response platforms like Bing and Google. So the way I see Pinterest, it definitely is an acquisition funnel, but I consider it more as a cheap CPM play. 
Facebook CPMs can range anywhere from $15 to about $30. And for anyone listening, CPM means cost per 1,000 impressions. On the Pinterest end of things, CPMs are about $1 to $2. So we're effectively reaching more people, about 10 to 15x more compared to like what we would be doing on Facebook. So we kind of wanted to fuel those two as our top of funnel platform. We definitely set up remarketing campaigns. And the one thing with Pinterest is that they have two different conversion actions, view through conversions and click through conversions as a display campaign or display platform. Whenever you set those up, you're always looking at those view through conversions. But what's really nice about Pinterest is that we were actually able to see click through conversions as well, which are conversions or sales that are happening directly because of Pinterest, while view through conversions are more so someone has saw this ad on Pinterest, they got an impression served to them, and they ended up converting from a different channel or from a remarketing channel or even organic search at that end. Interesting. So you were really like, because of the target customer, you were using Pinterest as a low cost acquisition channel. Even if they didn't purchase right there, you're still bringing in net new traffic that you're then retargeting, but you're optimizing based around the click-through conversions. Yeah, exactly. The goal with Pinterest was just trying to hit a 1.0 or 2.0, kind of very low ROAS angle on that end because it is top of funnel. We're okay with spending money here as long as we know that we're gonna get new customers or new prospects that are joining our funnel. One cool thing about Pinterest as well is just that it's a search platform as well as an image-based platform. It serves up images, which you're able to search. So it has that aspect of Google to an extent. So it wasn't too hard to kind of open up this new channel for them as a potential traffic driver. We essentially took our Google campaigns, took those top of level, top of funnel keywords, and then transitioned them into Pinterest, going after these audiences that were searching for like wedding gift ideas, wedding event venues, wedding inspiration, things like that. Nice. Really, really smart. This is a pretty sophisticated strategy here. I love it. All right. So for number two, you said went back to the basics on your paid media strategy. It sounds like you got a slap in the face from a friend on that one, which was really beneficial. Then you said customers don't want to think about what you're selling. Keep it simple. So what were you doing that wasn't working and how do you simplify it? Yeah, so I'd say like about a month prior to iOS 14.5 rolling out and completely obliterating our paid media strategy prior to that, our entire strategy was trying to get as granular as possible. And what I mean by that is on the remarketing end of things, we wanted to kind of have structured remarketing campaigns going after each different UTM source or platform source, if you will. Um, So we created different remarketing campaigns towards Google, for instance, versus Pinterest. We know that Google was our main revenue driver. These audiences, in theory, should perform a lot more better, a lot better they must have higher intent compared to the top of funnel platform like Pinterest, for instance. It worked really well up until iOS 14.5 rolled out and then everything kind of just like plummeted in a sense, it kind of flatlined. So we kind of revisited that. I spoke with my colleague at the time, Moon, awesome guy, demand generation wizard over there at Yapo right now. But at that point he was at another firm and he was telling me about his campaigns, just, you know, going back to basics, trying to simplify that offer as well as make the messaging as clear as possible for that end consumer. So we kind of went back, took it back into the shop and we changed our ad copy as well as refreshing our creatives. We ended up changing our ad copy to about 10 to 15 words per ad. So we were keeping it super simple. And then we gave offers that were, you know, flat out 10%, get $10 off, get free shipping, get a custom design sent to you for free by one of our personalized designers, things like that, just testing out different offers on that end. And what we noticed was that customers weren't actually looking for a monetary discount. They were looking for free shipping or a custom offer for like getting design services. So we ended up testing out a bunch of different offers and found that monetary offers didn't really matter to these brides. They're okay with spending money as long as it's their perfect thing that they're looking for at the end of the day. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's actually really encouraging to see you take this approach. Like so much when I talk to, you know, brands about whether it's like a sign up pop up and increasing conversion or like a cart abandonment offer or something like that, like keeping the offer simple, something they can digest like on the fly is the thing that I've seen time and time again, carry the biggest impact on conversion. And so to see that that's like what we're doing at the top of funnel and the ad strategy and pairing that with the going broader, the fact that that worked, like that's awesome to hear. And for anyone listening, I think it's another like validating point that like, whether it's your paid media, whether it's your sign up pop-up, cart abandonment, you know, an offer uh, around a new product launch, like the more someone has to think to digest, like, oh, what does this mean for me? Like, you know, you've kind of already lost it, right? So playing with your offers and using a, a strong hook um, that's easy to digest, like that really can make or break uh, a campaign. Yeah, totally. You know, you touched on the preview pop-ups. That has been one of our keys to success with this client. Um, in terms of those offers that we were testing out, we started out testing, get 10% off, get $10 off, get free shipping, get a custom design. And what we noticed was on the pop-up end of things for the welcome pop-up, 10% off was our strongest offer, but on the cart saver pop-ups, the abandoned cart exit intent pop-ups, get a free custom design, get free shipping along with your 10% was actually the thing that was converting for us. We tested out a bunch of things on the abandoned cart end of things. We tested 15% off, 12% off, 20% off. It wasn't moving the needle too much. We saw that we were getting sales in, but once we switched that over to like get free shipping and an AP testing that against, get a custom design or personalized design from one of our designers, it's really, we saw that significant lift of conversions on that end of things. That's so interesting. So, so top of funnel pop up, keeping it broad also, right? Uh, 10%, but then like, just to zoom in a little bit on something you said for people that are listening that haven't been that close to it. When someone's like in the middle of the funnel on the website, they've added, you know, a certain number of koozies to the cart, right? And they're about to check out, like that's a super high intent customer. And so making sure that your offer there on exit intent, if they're going to abandon, we call that a cart saver, is honed in and focused on like design help or service help or shipping. That's awesome. So that that was what had a, a big impact on the middle of the funnel. Nice. And that was actually the the kind of last tier of, of what drove 150% growth, right? It sounds like you helped consolidate a bunch of the apps for them. Yeah, definitely. So we took a bunch of their apps that we saw doing literally the same exact thing. They had, I think they had three or four apps doing pop-ups. None of them were active. And once we met up with Privy, we ended up establishing a partnership here with Smart Sites. We started to implement Privy across the board and uh, Coldy Holdy was one of the first clients that we implemented Privy for. We ended up A-B testing a ton of different things. And we landed on that offer of, you know, monetary discount upfront. But then if they are getting through the funnel where they're trying, or they have items in their cart and they're about to exit the page, we knew that the monetary discount just wasn't working. People didn't care about the money aspect. They were looking for an extra offer, free shipping or a rush design or even just custom design. So we had to get creative there and started to test out a bunch. We did a lot of testing in March. And then once we found out what worked for us, we kind of let it run. And we were just A-B testing designs at that point, different types of colors, different types of placements for as well, testing out the background images too, changing it up with the seasons for, you know, summer, we had a summer theme. We had a beach on that end of things. For winter, we had like a Christmas tree up with 
like a little bit of lights on it with like a koozie photoshopped in it. And those are the little things that we started to test throughout the year. And we found that there was success with seasonality in terms of changing those background images, but also just finding out the core offer that works well for us. Love it. Brian, so much gold here. I, I actually really learned a lot. I think it's rare to kind of chat about a strategy that goes end to end about a brand, like from paid through acquisition and list growth and all that stuff. So this has been fantastic. Really appreciate our partnership with Smart Sites and everything that you do for our brands and love this story of Koozie uh, Brand. Yeah, definitely. No problem at all, Ben. Preview partnership has been awesome, honestly. It's been a ton of support from your end of things and then we're getting some support on our end from you guys. So it's been really great. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Brian. 